Welcome to Evidence Space Mommy. I'm your host, Dr. Samantha Radford, and I'm here to combine science and wellness to help parents and kids thrive. Hey there. Welcome to episode eight of Evidence Space Mommy, where we are talking about breastfeeding past the first year. So a lot of times, especially for new first time moms, you might even wonder like, can I breastfeed past the first year? I had a friend who said that with her first child, and what's funny is she ended up becoming a lactation consultant and nurse all of her other babies, I think lots more time than this, but her first child who's early to mid twenties at this point, she said when he was first born that she had felt like, well, breastfeeding for six months is too short. Like they're still just little bitty babies. But a year is too long, and that, that's just weird. I can't do that. So I will breastfeed him for nine months and then stop right there. And that's what she did for that child. And then, you know, like I said, now she's a lactation consultant. She's been doing it for 20-something years and nursed her other children into toddlerhood. And she said that sometimes she'll have clients come up to her And say things like, I'm really sad that my baby's about to turn a year old. And she'll be like, well, why? And they say, well, because that means I have to wean. And she'll just simply be like, well, why do you have to wean? And there's not really an answer to that. There's no reason that you have to wean just because your child turns a year old. I mean, this stage, there's no difference between your baby at, you know, 11 months and 29 days or whatever. And then your baby at 12 months old, like it's very similar. And what I find interesting, so one of my favorite books, like really the only parenting book I feel like I read before my first child came is called The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. It's a very old school name, but it was put out by the Leche League. And they describe breastfeeding kind of in terms of like ages and stages. So they have a whole chapter on just the first couple days of breastfeeding and then a whole chapter on the first few weeks and then a whole chapter on say, I think it's like two to six weeks. But what's really interesting is when they get to around that age, they have a chapter on nursing from nine months to 18 months. So they don't even feel like having a 12-month mark, you know, in their instructions is beneficial because they feel like it's kind of the same thing whether you're nursing at nine months or, you know, 17 and a half months or whatever. So that's kind of just like an arbitrary marker that we have made for ourselves. And I just want to kind of make that point so that, you know, we can start to consider like, There's nothing special about my baby turning one that means that I need to stop nursing. And in fact, there's a whole lot of benefits to it. So you might be wondering, is it even beneficial to breastfeed past 12 months? And it absolutely is. So some of the benefits just for your baby will be it reduces risk of heart disease. It reduces the risk of certain cancers of high blood pressure, of type 2 diabetes. So a bunch of these long-term health problems, you know, chronic diseases that we have a lot of problems with here in the United States could be diminished significantly if we had more people breastfeeding longer. And actually the same thing for the moms too. So moms who breastfeed past the first year have lower risk of heart disease, of type 2 diabetes, 
breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And that's really significant to know because I think the number one killer of women here in the United States is heart disease. I know it was at one point. I think it still is. So again, if you know breastfeeding past the first year or breastfeeding at all for that matter diminishes risk of heart disease if we have a whole population you know raising that level of breastfeeding for a longer period of time think how different our health care could be both like on a population level and for individuals you know meaning for you and even some things like osteoporosis so if you've ever had you know a grandmother or a great aunt or someone like that you know seen them suffer with a broken hip like you know how horrific that is and a lot of the times that can happen because your bones have gotten brittle over time. They've lost their calcium. It's called osteoporosis. So what's interesting is you would think, because, I mean, babies babies take a lot of nutrients from your body, right? Like, that's just what they do. When you're pregnant, they take nutrients. And when you're breastfeeding, they continue to take nutrients. And one of those nutrients is calcium. And if you're not getting a lot of calcium your body will actually like leach calcium out from your bones to recirculate so that it can get into your breast milk and your baby can get it, which is like, it's great that your baby's getting the calcium, but of course, you know, you need the calcium too. But what's really interesting is they found that in women who, and this can be over the course of like multiple kids, it doesn't have to be one kid. But if you breastfeed for at least 36 months, that's three years, that after you wean, your bones will actually recalcify and they will do so even stronger than they were before. So you actually at a lower risk of osteoporosis and all that awful, you know, breaking a hip, all that kind of stuff that can happen as you age. So it's just... Breastfeeding, like extended breastfeeding, which should really be called full-term breastfeeding, is like a public health thing. It's like one of the biggest things that can make a ginormous impact across generations. Like, I can't talk enough about it. And, I mean, now, you know, for years, the World Health Organization has recommended that you breastfeed for at least two years and then however long you and your baby want after that. Finally, um, the American Academy of Pediatrics got on board with that too. So just last year in 2022, they changed to the same recommendation that you breastfeed exclusively for the first six months. So just, you know, breast milk, no water, no like baby food, whatever. But once they start solids that you can continue to breastfeed, um, feel at least two and then basically however long you want after that. And that's actually, that kind of brings us to one of the things people really worry about. So if, especially if you haven't breastfed, you know, past a year before, you might be worried about, well, what about solids? What about, you know, them eating real food? Like, how does that all interact? And I mean, honestly, it's kind of a continuum. So when you very first starting start feeding your kids solids around six months-ish, you know, not much of it goes through. So a lot of it will just end up squished in their hands. A lot of it will be just kind of like they'll chew on it and spit it out. And that's totally fine. It's kind of an experiment of like, what is this stuff? What do I do with it? But eventually they start swallowing it. And <laughs> and you'll see proof in the diapers, you know, that they have eaten a little bit. Um, 
and as it goes, like it, depending on the kid, it could be anywhere between like seven months to like 13 or 14 months before they really are like, oh, this food stuff is awesome. (laughs) And they really get into it and they start eating more solids. So you just kind of have to like wait and see for when that will be. And it just all kind of like you start where it's mostly breast milk and then it gets to where it's kind of 50 50 and then it gets to where like solid food is what they really rely on but breast milk is kind of more just like a comfort thing so I mean that scale just tips over time so you don't need to worry about you know whether your baby will eat enough solids if they're getting breast milk like they just they will it'll be okay And honestly, it's kind of helpful to have the breast milk going on because, you know, like toddlers are picky. Like they're programmed to avoid bitter vegetables. They are just, you know, they're leery of new foods a lot of times. So if you're still continuing to nurse them, they're going to be getting extra protein, extra calories, calcium, a lot of vitamins. Um, even things like folate. So all these things that they need that might not be in their diet, that'll be kind of filled in by the gaps through breast milk. And my favorite thing, one of my favorite things, my favorite thing is really just the cuddles. I'll be honest, just getting to cuddle up with your baby and pet their little head while they nurse. (laughs) It's so sweet. But beyond that, the other thing that's really a relief, I guess would be a better way to put it, is when my child is sick, if I'm still breastfeeding, I feel a lot better about it. So even just right around Christmas time, like right after Christmas, my youngest, and he just turned three, um, he had a double ear infection. So, you know, that's, of course, you've got the ear pain, you've got a sore throat. Sometimes, like, your tummy gets messed up too with an earache, like, or an ear infection. Like, it just kind of messes everything up. So you know, he really didn't feel like eating. He did not eat very much as far as solids go during that time while he was sick. But because he was breastfeeding, like I was okay with it. I wasn't super stressed out about like, oh gosh, he's not getting enough to eat. And especially like if your child has a stomach virus, you know, that there's a really bad chance for dehydration or for, you know, losing too many salts. Once again, breast milk will fill in that gap. So your baby will nurse maybe even extra just because they, you know, it helps them feel better, but they'll also, they'll get the hydration they need. They'll get some of the vitamins and whatnot they need. They get the, the salt. So there's like an appropriate amount of salt in your breast milk and they get those amino factors. So they get the immunity boost from your breast milk. And in fact, a lot of these things are, even more concentrated in breast milk that your body makes for your child as a toddler than it was when they were an infant. So it actually becomes, even though they're getting less of it, like volume-wise, what they are getting like packs a bigger punch. So it's really just a great thing all around. So as I mentioned before, you know, people sometimes wonder, again, with breastfeeding, well, you know, what if... What if, like, how how often do I nurse? I guess is the question Um, with breastfeeding. Do I need to have a breastfeeding schedule for a one-year-old? Like, how do I handle all that? 
And again, I mean, it's really just the same as when they were 11 and a half months old. Like you might be down to one nap at this point. Your baby might still be at two naps. Either way is fine. Um, You know, usually they wake up in the morning and they want to cuddle and nurse. So that's a great time to nurse. If they have, you know, a mid-morning nap, like if they're still on the two-nap schedule, they'll probably want to nurse, you know, right before they nap. They might want to nurse upon when they wake up. They'll have lunch, you know, they might play for a little while and then nurse again before another nap, wake up, want to nurse a little more, um, and then, you know, like nurse before bedtime. So it's just, like, I don't, (laughs) I don't even really have a good way to describe a schedule for it because it's like just kind of whenever they toddle up and ask to nurse, then like they can. And of course that's a little harder when you're working from, when you're working outside the home. And although honestly, in some ways it's easier, like, yeah, you won't have that whole schedule, but it's kind of nice to still be nursing whenever you're working outside the home, particularly, you know, past a year because you don't have to pump anymore. So you can kind of like wean off the pump, you know, maybe at 13 ish months or so and just not worry about it because whoever, you know, the caretaker at home with your baby or at daycare or whatever can just give them whatever solids and some water and they'll be fine. And then like once you get there, you know, to pick them up, like you can nurse then. And it's just a really nice connection point. So they might nurse a little more in the evening, you know, just kind of catching up, making up for lost time. But they're okay during the day. Like you don't have to worry about like, oh no, my baby hasn't nursed. And your supply, you know, will respond appropriately. So it might be a little less, but that, but there's enough there for your baby. Like it's fine. And at the same time, like you're not dealing with like engorgement to where you feel like you have two, you know, like hard rocks on your chest that are killing you. So I guess that's part of it too, is there, there is a lot of hassle with breastfeeding, especially when they're brand new, because you've got to deal with, you know, like breastfeeding every three or four hours and knowing how often they ate. And you have to worry about like, you might have to worry about pumping and pumping is the absolute worst. Like there's all this other baggage that we put with breastfeeding, but once you get to where your baby is a toddler, a lot of that stuff just kind of goes away because it's just not relevant anymore. So I think that's one of the things that people don't realize is that breastfeeding a toddler in a lot of ways is actually a lot easier than breastfeeding a baby as far as what's required of you. And at this point, like you can start putting down some gentle limits. So for example, you know, let's say that you're at the grocery store and your baby is in the shopping cart, or as we call it in the South, the buggy. (laughs) So they're sitting just at that perfect height, you know, right in front of you. And they start pulling down your shirt and yelling that, you know, they want a nurse like in front of everybody. You can, you can set limits. Like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be quite so like supply and demand at this point, you know, just take their little hand, put it down and tell them like, When we get to the car, we'll get Nana. Or, you know, once we get back home, we'll get Dis, okay? My little one says he wants Dis all the time. Um, so you can tell them, you can delay it. It's a little harder to just like flat out tell them no. Like they're not going to accept that very well. But if you, 
like delay it, especially if you can also provide a distraction. So let's say that you're over at somebody's house, like, and on one hand, yeah, you can breastfeed wherever you are, like you have that right. And, you know, it's good to be an advocate and to help people understand that actually, yes, you know, breastfeeding past a year is good for my child. I'm not going to be like damaging them. Thank you very much. But sometimes you just don't want to deal with it. You know, like sometimes you just want to be able to hang out with these people and it not have to be a big ordeal. And that's okay too. Like it's not on you to do all the breastfeeding advocacy and change the world all by yourself, you know? So, I mean, if going back to that, like say you're over at somebody's house who you know would be weird with you nursing, you can just like, if you're, little one toddles up and wants to nurse, you know, just be like, Hey, we can't do that right now. Here's, you know, a pencil and some crayons. Will you draw me something like give them or, you know, here's a toy car, show me what it does, like find some way to distract them. And that way, you know, you're setting those gentle limits, like teaching them, teaching them to wait, teaching them to kind of process those feelings. And that's going to be okay. So, I hope you found this episode helpful. So, yes, you absolutely can breastfeed past the first year. In fact, I would super recommend it. And if you have more questions about how or, like, want to see kind of a sample schedule or even know, well, what do I say whenever dear Aunt Sally asks me, how long are you going to keep doing that to that child or, you know, whatever it is, make sure you grab... My new freebie, it's called Breastfeeding Past One, The Why and How. So it walks you through all of that stuff. It's a really helpful resource. And the other thing, of course, subscribe. I would love to make sure that you know whenever a new episode comes out. And I already have a few requests lined up. So people had specific things they wanted me to talk about that I'm super excited to do. But if you have any requests for me, like, let me know. Either let me know in the comments or email me. I would love to know exactly what you need from me and how I can help you. Happy parenting. Happy parenting.